Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to Tyrac.com slash sports. Tyrac.com, that's the way tire buying should be. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of angels. Getting ready for what is sure to be an incredible sports weekend. Aren't they all? Huh? And, and, like, this is kind of one of my favorite weeks of the year. It really is. Um, and you're like, oh, you say that all the time. No, 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 no. Hold on now. Uh, college football, these games really matter. Uh, Fox, of course, is big game this weekend is Wisconsin fi- finally playing somebody. Michigan uh, heads into Camp Randall Stadium. You'll see that on Big Fox. Uh, we will cover it. Stuart Mandel, College Football Insider, join us later on in the show. Plus, you got my picks, five in college, five in pro. Been killing it in college especially. Hard in the pros. Um and then, of course, NFL games really starting to matter. We're starting to figure out what the Cowboys are as they don't have Zeke Elliott. We saw that two teams with similar records are completely dissimilar last night in Pittsburgh. Um, so NFL games starting to matter even more. 
Um, NBA, we had a, a, a primetime matchup on Thursday night. Chris Broussard will join us in 15 minutes, get his thoughts. I'll share my thoughts. We'll go back and forth. Plus, we'll talk about Lonzo Ball, the disappointing start to the uh, rookie, for the rookie L.A. Lakers second overall pick. Got that to get to. And uh, and then, of course, we got games Thursday, Thanksgiving games. You'll see the Cowboys take on my Bolts, the Chargers. You know, you got four games on Thursday. You have college hoops all spread out throughout the dial. So, uh, and I, I told you Xavier was a lot better than Wisconsin last night, and that, that played out as much. We, so, maybe I'll give you some college picks. We got a ton to get to. But uh, let's dive into the NFL, because there's kind of two... Um, they're not ships passing in the night because they they are correlating stories. Let's start with the Jameis Winston, then we'll get to the story about Jerry Jones and the owners and the fact that Jerry Jones apparently, um, Roger Goodell thinks he saved Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones thinks he made Roger Goodell. And therein lies the rub as to uh, where I think the impetus of this conflict between the two has arisen. But the, the, the real point is, in the Jameis Winston story is kind of one of the big issues in the Jerry Jones story. If you just, if you missed the Jameis Winston story and you woke up, you're like, why are they talking about Jameis Winston? He's not playing this weekend. Uh, He hasn't had a particularly good year. What is it about Jameis Winston? Uh, Jameis Winston, of course, was accused of, uh, of sexual assault in college. Uh, He has now been accused of, uh, sexual assault of a different variety. And like, look, if he, even if he did what he was, what he's alleged to have done to this Uber driver. Okay. Now remember, if he did what he's alleged to have done with this Uber driver, that does not, I think in anybody's mind, measure up to what he was alleged to have done, but it was never charged with, nor was he found uh, guilty of in Title Nine discussions or whatever it was at, at Florida state. But that was far more graphic, far more troubling um, than these allegations. Nonetheless, you're like, dude, how unlucky do you have to be uh, to, for somebody to make what he deemed false accusations at Florida state and what they're now deeming to be false like twice, but they're, they're very different. In all fairness, but that none of that matters because I don't know if the, how much the truth comes out. I mean, like, look, part of what I think bothered, part of what makes the case for Jameis Winston against his first accuser. And I don't know how many of you guys paid attention to it, because what happens is we always assume guilt instead of the other way around. Jameis was never charged with a crime. Then they went title nine was three times. He was investigated. Never did, did he. Was he was he found guilty of violating her Title IX rights at uh, at Florida State? So the Jameis actually sued his former accuser, and the reason he sued her, and obviously nothing's coming out of it, but the reason he sued was because her accusations did irreparable harm to his image, and you know what? I think he's got a point. Because I don't know if he sat in the passenger seat and groped the Uber driver as she alleges took place in 2016 in Scottsdale. I don't know. I wasn't there. She did report it immediately. His Uber account was shut down. 
he he and his agent his attorney is like there are a bunch of people there's other there's another person at least in that car she says she said there was only one person in the car he said he wasn't even sitting in the passenger seat um no one disputes that somebody on his account was riding in that car but but the reason that this story becomes a lot more believable is because of the Florida State accusations. And I'm not talking about what he said on campus at Florida State when he repeated uh, a popular meme. I'm saying because of because of those allegations, you you think it's it's plausible. And and this is one of those you're innocent until proven guilty and then even when you're considered innocent or never even charged, you're still considered guilty. Does that make sense? So I'm not sitting here. I mean, like, look, did I, do I like the image that, or whatever character maybe Jameis Winston portrayed himself as during hard knocks this year? I do. And I did, but I'm just a neutral bystander. I don't know what happened at Florida state. I just know that how many times can you be investigated and somebody not find you wrong of, of anything, have found any wrongdoing, um, to which I think I, I can't, I can't hold that against you. You know, like even in the court of law, when you've committed past crimes, oftentimes they can't use that. That is not admissible during a new trial. There was never any trial. There was never any charges. So in, but it's hard in your mind for it to be inadmissible. But I do think you have to look at this as it's inadmissible. Does that does that make that make sense? My my, I think I'm making sense, but that's even not the point that that I wanted to get into. I understand the argument that the reason Title IX um, charges should be brought on college campuses is because, for example, example what happened at Baylor, or uh, what happened with Jameis Winston. When you have a powerful entity like the college football program, which is responsible for millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars flowing into university and flowing into university towns. That sometimes the belief, sometimes the belief is that local police will uh, sacrifice the kind of the, the sanctity and credibility of what they do because they don't want to derail the freight train that is college football. Like that's the belief, right? Well, you know, he plays a great college football player. So we'll look the other way. And it has played out as such in the, there have been times in the past when it has played out like that. But the Roger Goodell versus Jerry Jones thing reminds me of college football, college athletics, and the title nine cases thing. Universities, their charter has nothing to do nothing to do with investigating crimes committed on or off campus. That is not, is not, should not, and cannot be under their purview. There are professionals that do that. It is the local police or the state police or the federal police, depending on the jurisdiction of and the, the level of crime that is alleged to have been committed. And if, if, those bodies don't do their job. They are held accountable by the court system and by the local and state and federal government. But we've done this. Once we've allowed Title IX courts to decide guilt or innocence, uh, once, we've, once we've set that precedent, now all of a sudden, um, 
schools are being forced to have basically their own sub court system separate completely from the local court system. That's a mistake. Just like what's happened with Roger Goodell, this is a it, this is a mistake. They should not be investigating domestic violence. It's no different. We all went crazy because Ray Rice only got two games. Why do we go crazy about Ray Rice only getting two games for punching Janae Rice and knocking her out? We should have gone crazy that the fact was they had video of him in the state of New Jersey and they gave him a pretrial diversionary hearing. He got off with uh, community service. And if you want to say, well, you know, NFL should be held to a higher standard, like that, that sounds great. And maybe if they're found guilty of a crime, then and only then should you be able to punish based upon the findings of a court. But man, this is a, I mean, that's really what Jerry Jones should be going after. The story out of Wall Street Journal is this, uh, Jerry Jones, apparently when he was building the Death Star, also known as Jerry's World or AT&T Stadium, uh, they went so far over budget, he was running out of money. And Roger Goodell was the deputy commissioner. He was in the front office. He was in all the meetings, but he was kind of that, that the wallflower. He's just kind of silently working the room. And when Jones left the room after asking for money from the league to finish up the project, he got it done. And in turn, he helped get it done that Roger Goodell was the commissioner. They worked hand in hand as kind of silent partners in the other's lives. Goodell helped Jerry's Death Star get built or completed, and Jerry helped Roger Goodell take the seat of Paul Tagliabue. And now, when, when Roger Goodell was forced because of public opinion, public sentiment, and precedent to, to investigate the alleged domestic abuse by Ezekiel Elliott and then punish because of, of a sense in some of the findings, Jerry Jones is like, dude, I made you. It reminds me, and like, look, I can tell, I think I can tell a Bill, Co- Bill, Cosby, Bill Cosby joke without saying it's okay to be Bill Cosby, considering what he's alleged. Is that, Ramos, is it okay to credit Bill Cosby with, with a line? Is that all right? Or is it, are we so negative towards Bill Cosby because of what we learned? I, that's a hard one. But Bill Cosby had a, a famous stand-up, um, stand-up, it was, a, I think, a cassette tape, and it was uh, also a stand-up special. It's called Bill Cosby Himself. And Bill Cosby talked about uh, what, what he would tell his kids, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. I think, I think actually he said, I got that from my father. I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. And that's kind of the feeling that Jerry Jones has for Roger Goodell. I made you. And if I made you, I can end you. We've talked, we've talked for months since I took over the show, the idea of having a rabbi in the room, somebody who will bless your presence, somebody who believes in you. There is one issue with that. Because once you get that job, if you try and do that job by letter of the law and you don't play favorites even to the people that made you, they will try and end you. But none of this would, I don't think we would ever get to this place where Jerry Jones was going to the mattresses. If the NFL hadn't gotten into this, let's decide our let's decide uh, 
guilt or innocence of something which should be investigated by the paid authorities to investigate guilt or innocence. Just like college sports program, college universities shouldn't be in, in uh, shouldn't be investigating Title IX violations. They just shouldn't. It's a that's a bad idea. That is not the charter of the school. All right, give me your thoughts eight seven seven nine nine on Fox or hit me up on Twitter at Gottlieb Show. Uh, Celtics got a big win over the Warriors last night. What did that tell? Who did that tell us more about? Plus, Lonzo Balls had a rough start to the season, with the exception of a, of a triple double. We'll ask Chris Broussard what his thoughts are, what the league's thoughts are on Lonzo 13, 14 games in. That's upcoming next. But first, you've heard me talk about the amazing shave I get from my Dollar Shave Club razor. I use the executive razor because I got it like that. But I do it with um, the Dr. Carver shave butter. Shave butter, it's like a gel you put on your face, only I don't know what it's made of. I don't know the consistency. I know it feels good. And I know the shave makes my face extra, extra smooth. But I'm adding even more Dollar Shave Club products to my daily routine. I use it for my hair. I use it for my skin. I use it in the shower. Basically anything you need. And it's all original stuff made of premium ingredients. And right now is a great time to give Dollar Shave Club a try. You can get their first month with their best razor, same one I use, a travel-sized version of the shave butter, the body cleanser, and even these butt wipes. Trust me on this. You'll, you'll love them. And it's just $5. After that, replacement cartridge ship for a few bucks a month right to your house. It's the Dollar Shave Club starter set. Get yours for $5 exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. Write this down, dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Speaking of Fox Sports Radio, we are a Fox Sports Radio family. You can hear Chris Broussard on weekends here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can see him on Fox Sports 1. Um, he's on Undisputed. He's on First Things First. He's on uh, Colin Cowherd Show, The Herd. And you can hear him right here on the, on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, uh, there's so many things to get to. There's new, there's new video out with Jerry Jones we'll have to talk about. We got an update for what's going on in the world of sports. Uh, we have a huge weekend in college football, NFL football. But let's react to last night's... I would say it's, a, it's an upset, right? The Boston Celtics down four with four and a half to go, win by four against the Golden State Warriors. They now have a 14-game winning streak and the best record in the NBA. Chris Broussard joins us. Chris, uh, what's your reaction to that game? Well, I think that Boston, uh, there are several things. One, Brad Stevens is phenomenal. He's right up there now as, one, as arguably the top coach in the league. Certainly, I'd go with Greg Popovich because of his history. But Stevens is working wonders with this team uh, without his second-best player in Gordon Hayward, a youngster in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as well. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, they play so hard defensively. I mean, Jalen Brown was getting after it. He was guarding Kevin Durant. <laughs> He's given up how many inches to Kevin Durant was doing a good job on him. And, and it looked to me like Golden State – look, Golden State's still the better team. They're still the heavy favorite to win it all. But when the going got tough, I felt like Golden State was like, do we really want to exert the energy that it's going to take to win this game? Or 
you know, we're just going to coast along and see if we can pull it out, you know, at, at three-quarter speed. And I think that was the difference. They kind of coasted. You saw they took three three-pointers at the end uh, of the game uh, instead of maybe driving to the basket and either getting fouled or, or making a layup or a shot in the paint. Uh, and Boston just wanted it more. But you got to give them a lot of credit. And I'll say this, because Golden State went through this, where nobody believed in them in Steve Kerr's first year. And to be honest, even after they won that championship the first year, they still have a lot of doubters. Uh, Doc Rivers said they lucky they didn't play us in the playoffs. Memphis was hurt in the playoffs. A lot of people were talking that summer that they were one of the worst teams ever to win the championship. And it was because Steph Curry, nobody believed he was the number one guy on a championship team. Nobody believed Clay Thompson was the number two guy on a championship team. And no, you know, Draymond Green was a second-round pick. And so they made people believe rather than people giving them the benefits of the doubt. Boston is in that process. Nobody really believes. I still think Cleveland's coming out of the East. And most people do as well. But they are making you believe, because you're not going to believe Kyrie Irving is the number one guy on a championship team unless he makes you believe it. Jalen Brown in his second year. Jason Tatum is a rookie. Nobody's going to believe those can be the three best players throwing Al Horford of a championship contender. And so right at some point, though, whether it's 20 straight victories, whether it's a 63 or 65 win season, at some point we're going to have to say, you know what? They really are a contender if they keep proving us wrong. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. That was a long dissertation there from Chris Broussard. He had a lot. To, that's okay because I watched the I game. And then, I, and then I, I, I watched the game with my son and I was showing him some of the things going on. It's great. And then I rewatched the game kind of for my own, uh, for my own kind of basketball. I, very rarely do I get a chance to kind of take a breath and really watch one NBA game. Um, I do think they play hard. I thought they got a friendly home whistle. Uh, I don't yeah. even think Kyrie played all that well. He missed some shots he normally makes, some, some drives he normally makes, and they still won the game. I'm a little bit concerned about Golden State threefold. I don't think their bench is great. Um, and some of those key pieces, like an Andre Godala that they overpaid to keep, like at some point Andre Godala is going to age, and it was hard to tell if last night was a sign because – the game was so physical. He felt like he got fouled a couple of times down the stretch and he just kind of stopped playing. But I, I don't, I don't know if, if he's gotten past that stage of, okay, he's no longer nearly as productive, even in limited minutes. Um, and I, I kind of feel like they're a little selfish right now. Like Clay's still third wheel shooting a little bit quicker, even than he normally does. Cause he doesn't get it as much. The ball is still is, has always stopped more with Kevin Durant. He's clearly their best player. And I thought Steph Curry was not just off his game, taken out of his game, but he, he didn't look particularly joyful. You know, they always talk about playing joyful basketball. I know that last night was about the Celtics, but I had a couple of negative takeaways from the Golden State Warriors, even though they've played in the last three finals and won two of them. Yeah, and I think that's why when we look at NBA history, uh, has there been a team? I don't believe there's been a team to get to four straight. Fine, other than those Celtics teams of Bill Russell back in the day. But well, the, 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 the Heat did, right? The Heat did under LeBron. Yeah, the Heat to got to four straight. Didn't win four straight. Yeah, got yeah. to four straight. But the, the, my point is it's very difficult to maintain the sense of urgency 
even to your point, somewhat the sense of joy in the regular season when you know and everybody is critiquing you based on May and June, it is difficult. And, I mean, Sean Livingston was telling me this the year after they won the championship, that we our greatest enemy is complacency, and we have to fight that off. So I, I really think – I think every point you made was valid. I'm not concerned as much about their bench. You know, I think – I mean, a lot of people thought in the offseason their bench got better. I think Andre Iguodala had some great moments yesterday, but as you said, late in the game, he kind of got frustrated. But I, I just think that they're going through complacency. I don't know if I should say boredom, but it, 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 not only is it kind of easy for them on many nights, but it's just not what's the, it's not that big of an accomplishment to win this regular season game. And so I think that that's what they're battling through more so than, you know, that they really got some, some chinks in their armor, so to speak. Yeah, it's the voice of Chris Broussard joining us. What's the league saying about, uh, about Lonzo Ball and his struggles? I have not. I know there have been some commentators who said they think he's going to be a bust, and maybe there are some talent evaluators. Of the people I've spoken to, no one has said he's going to be a bust. Now, I have been told he's going to be good, not great, I've been told he's going to be, you know, a, a, a very a good starter. Um, he's not like if you got a big three, he's not one of those big three guys. Um, I've been told that slow down on the Jason Kidd comparisons because Kidd was so much more aggressive and obviously defensively was just light years ahead of where Lonzo's at right now. Um, and so what Lonzo, the thing that concerns a lot of people – more than anything, even more than the jump shot, is the passivity. Mm. Uh, and then there are those, and you and I think have talked about this before, I have praised the fact that he pushes the ball up with the pass. You know, if there's somebody ahead of him, he's not going to dribble it up, which takes longer. He's going to push it up to the guy ahead of him on the pass. But some scouts, and I agree, have said he does that almost for no reason. To a like, fault. That's it, his, it, his, it, default, it, his default is the hot potato of basketball. He gets yes, rid of it way too quick. Yes. If it's Brooke Lopez at half court, he's going to pass it ahead to him just because he's ahead of him. And you have to pass it ahead to a guy that can make a play or score. Otherwise, dribble it up. You're the point guard. You're the best decision maker. You're the leader. And that's something he's not doing. And to be honest, on most nights, he is just a ball mover. That's it. And so he's got to learn. There's a lot he has to learn, but I think he's capable of learning it. And this could be good for him. Look, I think what he's suffering for more, more than anything is the, in, over, the, the over-scrutiny, if you will, because of his dad. Darren Fox is coming off the bench for arguably the worst team in basketball. He's averaging four assists a game. He's shooting 19% from three. Nobody's even thinking about Darren Fox. Right. Josh Jackson, I watched him shoot an air ball last night. On a like a seventeen, eighteen footer, and he was He's supposed to be a, he, was, he was supposed to be a culture changer. They'll play tonight exactly. in Staples. He hadn't changed any culture. That team stinks. They already fired their coach, and they're a cultural disaster. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's saying anything about it. So I, I think if if we didn't know who Levar Ball was, I don't think people would be criticizing and calling Lonzo a bust like they are right now. Uh, okay. What what about I said yesterday that. I think the NBA, in the offseason, they need to find a way to tinker with the rules. 
so that you make it even easier for the star big men, Perzingis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Joel Embiid. And and while people are like, whoa, we tinker with the rules, like, look, that's what they've done to allow Steph Curry to be successful, to yep. allow James Harden to be successful. You can't touch those guys in the perimeter. Now, look, these guys are, and even DeMarcus Cousins to a lesser extent, these guys all shoot threes and they all handle the basketball, but they can all also score some in the low post. I think that, like, look, the future of the NBA is screaming. There's other talented players, but we got three, four, five super talented, uh, versatile big guys that are going to be superstars over the next decade. I think the NBA needs to find a way to uh, to make them even more prominent based upon how they call the game. I'm just one, and that's uh, this obviously was reacting. What do you to, think? Well, go ahead. I was going to ask you, what do you have any ideas that stuff you, you might want to see? You got to cut down on the physicality. I think of um, more so in, in the low post. In the low post, you got to okay, cut. Okay, you got to okay. cut down on the physicality. And um, you know, I I think they're doing a better job of speeding up the game, a la the the, the FIBA type rules in terms of the the shot clock reset. I don't know. I just like look. I would be open to whatever suggestions you can you, you can find in order to make it easier for them to continue to get the ball because. You know, like, look, uh, Anthony Davis, I think, kind of got caught in the middle there um, in, in trying to find offense for him. And and now you have, you have I mean, the, those three young guys can be superstars. And I think any way you can create an atmosphere to which they can be more successful will only help grow your game because because um, they're bigger than life star, like physically bigger than yeah. life. And their personalities are big as well. I think they can be superstars, but the NBA needs to help. Well, I think, especially in the case of Porzingis and Giannis, they are becoming, they are excelling in the same things, essentially, that the smaller players are excelling in. You know, like Giannis, I mean, can't shoot, but because he's a ball handler, because he can slash, you know, he's not killing people in the post. Now, Porzingis goes in the post a little more, and Embiid, of course, is really good down there in the post when he wants to be down there. Um, I The best suggestion that I've heard, and this came from our colleague Colin Cowherd, is that you run the three-point line, get rid of the corner three, and run the three-point line into the sideline, like maybe at the, you know, around the hash. So that would cut down on the number of three-pointers taken, and I think it would increase post-play again and mid-range game, because I think the game is best when there's a combination of all those things. When there's a combination of of three-point shooting, mid-range game, and post-play. Not when it's kind of heavy toward one. Like, when back in the day when it was just mostly throw it into your post, man. Double-team you know, count, yeah. Yeah, that, you had that. Now you got the overemphasis on the three-point shot and not much post-play. I think if you got rid of the corner three, teams couldn't just plant a bunch of guys out on the three-point line, and that would necessitate more mid-range, and post-game. So I think that would do it. That's really the best suggestion I've heard. I think the league is years away from going to that measure. But um, I don't want the game to become all three-pointers or shots in the paint. Because mid-range game is where you get a lot of the best creativity and the best moves and things like that. And so I think that would be my concern. But I think those three guys you mentioned – I think they're going to be superstars if you don't touch the game because look at what they're doing already. 
Great stuff, Chris. You can hear Chris Broussard weekends here on Fox Sports Radio. See him on all of our TV shows as well. CB, can't tell you how much I appreciate you popping on with us here on a Friday. All right, Doug. Anytime, man. Pleasure is absolutely mine. All right, let's get to Dan Beyer with uh, with an update. Big news in terms of racing, Doug. Danica Patrick announcing that she is going to retire as a driver following the 2018 Indianapolis 500. She announced today that this 2017 season is her last as a full-time driver, and in 2018 will only drive in the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500, and then Danica Patrick is calling it quits. News from the NFL, the league is investigating an allegation made against Buccaneers quarterback James Winston that he sexually assaulted an Uber driver in March of 2016. Through a statement, Winston denied the allegation, saying that he didn't do any wrong and says that the driver misrepresented where he was sitting and how many people were in the vehicle at the time. The alleged incident occurred in Arizona with a clue to the accuser that has claimed she was groped by Winston while he sat in the front seat of her car. Some injury news in the NFL. Phillip Rivers is questionable for their matchup against the Buffalo Bills as the Chargers quarterback has a concussion. Expected to play in that game, though. A little different scenario for Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette. Didn't practice today. Is now questionable for their matchup against the Cleveland Browns because of a spring ankle. Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald signed a one-year extension with the team. He is now under contract through 2018. Blaine Gabbert's going to start for Arizona Sunday against Houston. And finally, Doug, a note from the NBA as you were talking with Chris Broussard. Grizzlies point guard Mike Conley going to miss some time, at least two weeks of action because of a sore Achilles. And uh, Robert Covington, I know you saw that as well. I don't even know if you thought he had time. I think you I think you actually said this yesterday, but now it's become official. He has signed the contract extension that was wildly, widely reported, maybe even two days ago. Was yeah, Wednesday reported. it was. Yeah, yeah I, remember, I remember you giving that update. Dan Beyer, who, again, you should hear uh, Sunday mornings here on Fox Sports Radio. Dan, are you a buyer into the uh, – Dan Beyer into <laughs> buyer. That's all Sorry. Right. You are a buyer. You're always a buyer. Are you a buyer into the – um, the Bill Parcell statement, you are what your record says you are. No, not Great. entirely. Correct. That, that, that's honestly, that's the, that's a, that's a very nice addition to the sentence. Cause we're supposed to be black and white in this, in like, you know, we have an opinion, like, but not entirely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And last night was the perfect example. Like you could tell me that the Tennessee Titans were six and three. Like, go ahead. You can tell me that, which, which makes them slightly slightly less uh, impressive than the Steelers at 7-2. and two. But the Steelers at 7-2, and two, who had many times played down to the level of their competition, 7-2 and two and 6-3, and three, both impressive records, and yet when they trotted out there like, mm, I, I just have a tough time not thinking the Steelers are a lot better than the Titans. And so this whole idea that Bill Parcells did a lot of amazing things, and I, I understand the... There's layers to the, his famous statement, you are what your record says you are, which is like, hey, cut through the crap. End of the day, if you don't make the playoffs three years in a row, then you're probably going to lose your job. You are what your record says you are. Like, got it. But it's actually not that big a sample size, eight, nine, ten games into an NFL season. And the, um, the perfect example of that, perfect example of that is last night in Thursday Night Football. Which I liked the camera angle. I, I've heard people go like, well, you couldn't tell how deep downfield some of these throws were. Like, yeah, that's the whole idea, dude. The whole idea is to make it look like it looks like if you were a fly on the wall. I will tell you, I don't know if I've, I haven't explained this to you. I know what the next wave in, in cameras will be in sporting events. Music, have I shared this with you before? You have not. Drones. Right? Like the next 
the next wave is going to be drone cameras kind of hovering, not on the field, but over parts of the field so they don't have those wires. Um, drones. Drones will be the next, are the next big thing. That's my, that's my, that's my guess because it gives you a sense of what it's really, really like. Like we already have, um, we already have the, uh, the camera that the pylon cam, right? And we have last night's, uh, that's called a spider cam, right? The, 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 which is supposed to give us what the quarterback sees, only it's not really what the quarterback sees. We've had ref cams before. I think drones are the wave of the future. But look, my big takeaway from last night was if you watch the game, you're like, wait, what's the record of the Tennessee Titans? No way. And so you can tell me you are what your record says you are, but that is not a team that more than halfway through the, or yeah, more than halfway through the season should be six and three. Just didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. Felt like polar opposites. How much longer can the Celtics continue their win streak? It's at 14 games. I'll tell you upcoming next. Sleep on a Casper and you'll pick it over every mattress you've ever had. Test it yourself for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com, use the code Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B, and you could save $75. That's Casper.com, code is Gottlieb. Minimum purchase required. See site for details. Terms and conditions apply. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, um, uh, uh, Blake Griffin has done something which to me, to me, uh, signifies um, the truth about college athletics. I'll share that with you at the top of the hour. Getting all kinds of texts and direct messages. They see all these college hoop games on like, give me some winners. I'll try and find you some college basketball winners. In the meantime, I need to play a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Buyer. Dan Buyer, what do you got for me, my man? Doug, today we have got... Psychic. Okay, all right, playing a little psychic today. By the way, psychic probably knew this a while ago. I bought a Mountain Dew from the neighborhood liquor store today, Doug, that expired, we'll tell you, at the end of game time. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. how can a Mountain Dew expire? They have dates. They have expiration dates on them. I actually put it up on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox, where you can see the date that it expired. But this was purchased this afternoon in the great city of Los Angeles. So. Wait, I, I just, again, like, how know, can something with that many chemicals water. inside ever actually expire? Yeah, water's got the expiration date on it as well. So pretty much, I guess, anything does. Maybe if you put it on the shelf, you got to put a date on it. We'll uh, try to get to that at the end. But Psychic... Um, First question up today, will Jameis Winston be suspended for his involvement in the alleged incident involving an Uber driver in Arizona? Um, no. Uh, there's a, the actual uh, call to police by the Uber driver is now available online. And uh, though the Uber driver's complaint alleges he was in the vehicle by himself, if you listen to the call, it is it actually backs up his story, which is there were multiple uh, riders, there were multiple people riding in the car at the time. So I just, I think that right there and then it will, it will allow him whether or not he did it or not. It will allow him to, uh, what was it? Chris Carter have a fall guy, yes, which is yes, they, they have gone yes. fall guy defense. 
That uh, that is what he is going to need in that um, psychic. We'll move on. From- Y'all got a crew. There it is. There it is. Psychic. Let's move to college football. Who helps their NFL chances more this weekend at the LA Coliseum? UCLA's Josh Rosen or USC's Sam Darnold? I I I think it's it's an interesting question. I think that Josh Rosen will play be- better. I mean, I think Sam Darnold will play better. I think Josh Rosen will help his stock more. And, and stick with me as mm-hmm. for why. The the word on the street about Rosen is he's one of those too smart for his own good, like locker room lawyer and not beloved by teammates and doesn't know they don't know if he loves football. But the fact that he's still going to come back and play from concussion, from the injury he suffered last year, I think that will, I think that will help. I think that will actually help. Uh, help his stock more than a performance from Sam Darnold will help. Moving on to the NBA with games coming up against the Hawks, Mavericks, and Heat. When will the Celtics' current 14-game win streak actually come to an end? That's a great question. So Hawks are up next, then the Mavs and Heat. After that, they've got the Magic, Pacers, and Pistons. Um, okay, well, the, I don't know if you've been paying attention. The Mavericks are terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Hawks are terrible, but they did blow out the Kings, who are equally terrible. Um, the Heat are okay. I would say I'll say the Heat will end their series. I think the Heat will will do it. The Heat aren't great, uh, but kind of like the Celtics, they get more out of what they have than they should get because they mm-hmm. play really hard. I'll go with the Heat. That would put the win streak at 16 games. If it extends, that Pistons matchup at uh, – at what would then be going for 19 could also bring uh, that into question. Uh, Psychic, this on the heels of last night's 90-point first half by the Houston Rockets, which, by the way, was not an NBA record. Will there ever be a team to break the record set by the Phoenix Suns, who scored 107 points in the first half of a game in 1990? So that record has stood for 27 years, 107 points and a half. Rockets had 90 last night in Phoenix. I didn't know they've actually scored a hundred and a half before. I yeah. didn't actually know that, but that was actually that's actually so uh will it be broken? Correct. Yes. Ooh, interesting. Yes. Uh I think I think it will be broken. I think pace and space, right? That's how that's how these teams are playing. They're shooting more threes. There will be a night in which they which they catch a heater. Who was it who, who scored seven points in the first quarter? Was it last night or two nights? It was two nights ago. Somebody scored seven points in the first Ooh. first quarter. And I was just like, oh, my God. Somebody, somebody sat down and watched that game and was like, wait, these are the best basketball players on earth? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because the record for most points in a first half is 107, and that's for any half, by the way. But 90 points is actually the second most. So the Rockets tied for the second most points, but the Suns just blew it away in a 173-143 win against the Nuggets 27 years ago. Okay, final one, Psychic. What is the final score of the championship match between John Ramos' Blue Crew and, I think, the Pink Ponies? I'm not sure exactly who they play in the the, the Pink Fury, that is who it is. What's the final score how, of how John's they, title game? How are they in the in – the, it's the playoffs, right? It's not the not- – it is the championship no. game, Doug. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Let's Why, because you guys won one game? How yeah. many teams are in this how many teams are in this playoffs? Four. <laughs> yeah. They got final four t shirts and yep. everything in that four team league. They lose five to one. Oh. Wait, 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 does Ramos have a wedding to go to instead of coaching again? Because <laughs> they, they only won when he was gone. Ramos. Oh, maybe one of the parents will try to get rehitched so John can stay away. All and right. uh, that's uh, psychic. 
Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, I actually, I have a, it's a double elimination baseball. I coached four baseball games last weekend. And so we're back in the, I don't know, I guess it would be considered the semifinals of the losers bracket, right? Of the lost ones bracket. If we win Saturday, we play Sunday. If we win Sunday, that's against a team that the only team that will not have lost. We play a second game Sunday. So, you know, and you're trying to you have to save an arm or two because you can't pitch guys in back to back games and there's a limited number of pitches. So it's a very I'm actually spending all of today working on the math as to who I can pitch and how I can pitch. him. by the way, it it was the Chicago Bulls who scored seven points against the Thunder in the first quarter. Wait to hear what Blake Griffin did and why it exposes the truth in college athletics. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we'll get to what Blake Griffin's done, why I think um, there's an obnoxious narrative in college athletics, which is not the reality of it. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, you guys see this? You heard Dan Byer tell us, Danica Patrick is going to retire Uh, This is coming on the heels of the fact that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to retire and Jeff Gordon retired last year. Right. And so can. um, uh, And and before that, like the year before that, Tony Stewart retired. Right. So I guess here's my question. How many NASCAR drivers can you name? How many can you name? Not that it's important to sports fans. Like, look, there's some dirty little secrets about sports radio, which people don't really share with you. Like, I know you don't understand sports radio if I hear you talking about hockey. The same about NASCAR. But I do think sometimes there are unreported deaths. Like, you know, when they do the, it's like the Oscars, right? The Academy Awards and like, oh, they died. Like most of these deaths get reported. The tree in the forest, does it actually matter? Danica Patrick, who... She's she was she's a superstar in racing, even though she hasn't. Did she win a race? Honest to goodness, I don't know this. I know she never won a race when she was in IndyCar. Uh, I think she had a couple of top 10 finishes, but she had she was on a great racing team and she never sustained great racing success. And you can tell me she broke down barriers, and I'd probably buy that. And I do think that we'll see, because of her presence, more female drivers when the generation that watched her drive comes of age. Kind of the Tiger Woods effect, right? But, dude, NASCAR has died. It is dead. Dead. Like, it's a, I completely forgot that even existed. That's still going on sort of thing. Don't get me wrong, Daytona 500 is still kind of cool. Right. But I mean, if you can't name more than I mean, anybody can go like Jimmy Johnson. Great. Is Jimmy Johnson still uh, Ramos? Is Jimmy Johnson still racing? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Think so. Now, look, part of the reason that they're all getting there's different individual reasons. But the biggest reason they're all getting out is it's crazy, crazy dangerous. It's a grind. And you can make more money owning a team and you don't have to. You can every once in a while get behind the wheel of a car. and You can like have a life. It's a little bit like, like what Calvin Johnson did. I think what Calvin Johnson did, you'll see more of, which is guy gets paid, plays a position to which you get scared of getting your brain scrambled, and you're like, I'm good, I'm good. You got to pay repay a couple million dollars, and and look, I wouldn't want to repay any money from any signing bonus. I just 
I mean, I read that you guys read where Mike Vick repaid seventeen point four million dollars uh, that he had that he owed due to bankruptcy. I mean, ow, would that hurt? He finally he is free and clear from all of the penalties uh, suffered in bankruptcy. Now, uh, it also you know seven years in order to reset your credit as well. But whatever he repaid, like that would that would hoit, that would hoit. On the other hand, like look, if you got fifty mil in the bank and you got to repay four mil. You can do it to where it it's a pretty good tax write-off. It's not great. Nobody likes writing that check, but it is a tax write-off. I think you'll see more. You'll see more of this in NASCAR. You're going to see more of this with wide receivers in the NFL. The, the only difference with wide receivers in the NFL is unless you got a big bold personality, you know, unless you're like Richard Sherman, he could retire, go right into TV, and he wouldn't make what he's making in the NFL, but he could make really good money. Uh, Richard Sherman doesn't, he's not a big hitter. He has hit people, but uh, positions that get hit, don't be shocked if you see guys retiring earlier rather than later from the NFL. And the same in NASCAR. But dude, NASCAR is dead. Dead. Classic overexpansion to markets that didn't want its product. They elongated the season, right? It never ends. They're, are they still racing? I have no idea. Maybe they're done. Maybe they keep going. I don't know who won, and I don't care. No one has ever come. I've worked for three different companies. I've never had a boss come and go, hey, man, listen, you got to know who won that Who won that cup. The Winston Cup? No, it's not called the It's called the Sprint Cup. Like, okay, fine. No one has ever said that to me. Um, but, dude, that, that sport... Died. Died. That's like the, the Missouri Valley Conference. You guys know what the Missouri Valley Conference is? Music? You, you know, remember the Valley? Have you ever, you ever thought about the Valley basketball as a basketball league? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of uh, Wichita State. Don't they play in that conference? Yeah, not, not anymore. Or, well, they, they did, yeah. Right. Creighton? Not anymore. Tulsa? Not anymore. St. Louis? Not anymore. Used to be far away when they had true mid-major leagues or whatever. That was the best. Great coaches, uh, good facilities. Some of the facilities became great. Really good facilities, good coaches, great crowds, kind of like in the Midwest, guys that were uh, either second chance from a Big Ten school or a Big Eight school. Uh, I mean, you had some incredible teams. That league is dead, dead. And NASCAR, dead. And I understand that Danica getting out, she didn't have nearly the impact of Dale Jr., who didn't have nearly the the success of Jeff Gordon or of Tony Stewart. Like, Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon laugh at the actual success of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was just more popular. Danica Patrick was just more popular. But the fact that they're all gone from the sport, like all, like blink of the eye, and you're like, dude, I don't know any of these people. And But that's, therein lies the... The fear, that should be a healthy fear for the NFL. Are you expanding to markets that don't want your product? This idea of they won't lengthen the season. They haven't given it to 18 games, but putting more games on TV. Now it's on Thursday. Did you watch last night? Are you going to continue to watch Thursday? And now Saturdays will come up and Sundays and Mondays. You're like, oh, that's a lot of football. Plus, I watch Saturday college football and occasionally Friday night college football. It's a lot. 
NASCAR is dead. What happens to the NFL when Tom Brady retires? What if Aaron Rodgers says, you know, I just, he gets hurt again. Like, mm, good. And you lose Peyton, you lose Brady, you lose Drew Brees in the next couple years. You're going to use, lose Ben Roethlisberger. So I, I think it's, do I think the NFL will survive? I do. And I do think they're coming up with new quarterbacks. And But man, Andrew Luck's hurt. Jameis Winston now all of a sudden being linked to this sexual misconduct from an Uber driver, which he may or may not have actually been the only one in the car. I mean, Marcus Mariota, which we thought was as a sure deal. You're like, he's okay. Derek Carr, oh, the second coming. Has he been the second coming this year? Not really. Kind of fascinating to see. I don't think the NFL will follow the pitfalls of NASCAR, nor will there be the limitations of NASCAR. But it is going. To, but remember, uh, you have the same problem with guys worrying about instead of worrying about dying, they're worrying about being maimed, worried about their knees, their back, their hips, but also worried about their brains. Like there's some NASCAR has died, dead, not to be resuscitated, and the NFL should be very aware. Um, I saw this story, which I want to get to rather quickly. Blake Griffin. Uh, was on Oklahoma's campus. You know, Blake Griffin is from Oklahoma City. He went to Oklahoma. He played there for two years. Uh, Then he went to the NBA. And kind of similar to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Remember, he got hurt in Summer League. And so he didn't play his first year in the NBA, which, you know, one of the things that people aren't saying about Lonzo Ball is he really needs a redshirt year. These guys all come out way, way, way too early. If you want to truly fix it, you should give them some way in which they can keep playing in college and yet some some NBA team retains their rights. That would be a cool way to do it. Uh, but he he brought back with him Jordan Brand. Oklahoma is going to become a Jordan Brand school, much the way that uh, Michigan is a Jordan Brand school, much the way that North Carolina is a Jordan Brand school. And while it's not a direct donation from Blake Griffin, you look around the country and from Steve Smith to Carmelo Anthony um, to Russell Westbrook, who was at UCLA just two years, you know, you're always told that these athletes, well, they're exploited. You know, they're exploited. Um, either they all have Stockholm Syndrome and they're simply... Uh, paying back those who have exploited them and done them wrong, or they really kind of a couple of years removed, maybe even 10, sometimes five, sometimes only one or two years removed, understand the value that they got while they were on campus and how that value will continue to carry them even post-career. Like, why would Blake Griffin go back and and give money or help uh, Jordan Brand link up with Oklahoma unless he had a great fondness for the place even though, yeah, did Oklahoma benefit financially from Blake Griffin being there? Sure. But he's going to benefit financially uh, and substantively from his time there for the rest of his being. Like, I, I just, I hate that, I hate that people in my position will say, well, use the word, um, uh, we'll, we'll use this, this, this term and use it in incorrect fact one use it incorrectly and not the re- the reality of it is that athletes exploit their colleges far more than colleges exploit colleges promote their athletes much the way they promote their students that's what you do you absolutely do all right got a lot to get to on the show um 877 877- 
877-99 Fox. 13-year NFL veteran Ephraim Salam joins the show next. I'll get his thoughts on some of the big games this weekend. Cowboys without Zeke and Sean Lee taking on the Eagles in Dallas. Do the Cowboys even have a chance? Plus, remember they play this upcoming Thursday night. And uh, I want to get his thoughts on what happened in Buffalo. And are the Pittsburgh Steelers for real? They they throttled, dominated the Tennessee Titans. They're sitting there at eight and two. And I'm wondering his level of buy-in to their viability in beating the Patriots in the playoffs. That's upcoming. But first, I got some helpful card tips for you you might not know about. Um, snow has started to fall in parts of this country. Not where we live, guys, but where other people live. If your tires get stuck in the snow, you know you can just use your floor mats for extra traction? All right, when you want perfect garage parking, just hang a tennis ball so that it touches the windshield in the same exact spot, and that's how you don't plow through into your garage. Uh, Here's another helpful tip you might not know. True Car also helps you buy used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million uh, used cars, You'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. Here's something else you might not know. True car users can see what others paid. So they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a true car certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, I want you to visit true car and enjoy more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. New story out about John Gruden potentially coaching at Tennessee. That's amazing. Uh, Dennis Dodd, uh, we'll, we'll get to what he wrote uh, upcoming. But uh, in the meantime, E from Salon, Big E, kind enough to join us in studio here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, he is a two-time Pro Bowl. Uh, he's a two-time Pro Bowler back in the time with the Texans in 13 years in the National Football League. Uh, let, let's Before we get to last night, I, I wanted to ask you about one of the stories of the week, E, and that's the Buffalo Bills Sunday, they said Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. Monday, they said Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. Tuesday, they said Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. Wednesday, they said Nathan Peterman is our starting quarterback. What would your reaction be in that locker room as a vet? Um, I would, I would be displeased. Uh, number one, the things that come out of locker rooms, most guys in the locker room know they know what's going to happen before we do you know, before, you know, media, before any of us do. So if this was something, I remember Monday, Tuesday, those are relatively day off. You know, you come in on Monday and you watch the film of Sunday and Tuesday's your day off. So, you know, nothing really happens until Wednesday when people can report that, oh, you know, Tyrod Taylor wasn't starting at, at practice or, or anything like that. You know, most of the times coaches will actually grab, you know, the team and be like, hey, we're going to, you know, explain the situation. This is what we're going to do. Um, you know, we got to change this up or, or whatever it is. But as a player, you know, if I like Tyrod Taylor. So, you know, it, it, it's just a, a, a situation where the coaches are trying to do something to spark something to try to get some type of 
you know, momentum gathered back uh, because they've fallen off the last couple of weeks, man, big time. No question they, they've fallen off. Um, last night was a, a game of, of two teams with similar records, and yet I don't know anybody who thought they were of similar levels, and the final score would tell you as such. So what do you make? Let's start with the Steelers. What do we make of how uneven some of their performances are? Like, how do you go out Sunday and almost lose to the Colts? Get down 17-3 to Colts. How do you get? How do you allow... Cleveland was the start of the year, but so many of the other teams have gotten a game from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Bears beat them. How do you explain that? And then last night when they decide they want to play in primetime, they're like, all right, we're a lot better. How do you explain that? Uh, it, it's hard to explain, but just given what they have they were they've gone through and some of the things that they've said uh throughout this year ben roethlisberger (laughs) honestly and openly admitting maybe he doesn't have it anymore them not running the ball at the beginning of the season the turmoil between you know ben and antonio brown and and mike tomlinson it it, it, you know all of this resonates as as a team that's trying to recapture something that they're losing Pittsburgh, for the since I was in the league, has always been one of those teams you had to watch out for. One of those dominant teams. You got a quarterback, an All-Pro quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, who is not quite sure if he has what it takes, you know, to to take the team to the Super Bowl. Then you, you know, you you change up the offensive philosophy. You start running the ball, and then you begin to regain some of that success that you had. But the the, the problem is. They're unsure. They're not locked in. They're not solidified. Some weekends the defense plays great. Last night, I mean, it was they were tremendous. Uh, although Tennessee did help them out uh, greatly, but when you see teams like this, they're just trying to get it right. But you got to remember, Pittsburgh always picks it up in, in in November, December. They've always been a team that can hone in when the weather starts getting bad. You know, no matter what's happened at the beginning of the year, they've always been a team you know, start winning in the division and, and, and going towards the playoffs and hitting their stride. So they're dangerous. I mean, they're, they're a dangerous team. And that's, you know, that's why we play the games every Sunday because you never know, man. You you never know. You you absolutely never know no, who's no, going to no, show no, up no, and no, how no. they're going to show up. Ephraim, you have to know. That's not acceptable. You have to know everything that's going on. You have you have to be no more than everybody else. Ephraim Salam joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're not going to have Zeke. He uh, he took the suspension, and he's like, look, it's just legal stuff. Um, and then, you know, they're probably not going to have Tyron Smith, and they're taking on an Eagles team that has a really good front seven. This after getting dominated by the Atlanta Falcons front seven. What's the likelihood that Dallas can win this game without Tyron Smith and without Ezekiel Elliott? Oh, there's no shot. There's, there's no shot. And the problem with Dallas, and we saw it last week without Zeke, is they didn't get any other running back ready to go. Right? You have this 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 suspension looming the entire season, all off season. You don't give anybody any carries to get them acclimated to to, to game shape and and ready to to carry that load. So they put themselves in a position where, okay, Zeke's gone. we got to throw somebody out there. We throw Morris out there, and we'll see what's going to happen. And it's not working well. Now you lose your, your, left, your, uh, your starting Pro Bowl left tackle. It's just too many facets. The Dallas Cowboys aren't good unless they can run the ball. We've, we've seen that. I don't care who's this quarterback, Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, if they can't control the clock, 
and control the down distance by running the ball, they're not good. And to expect them to go and play up against a hot Eagles team and and come away with the victory with that type of uncertainty on the offensive line and in the backfield, I don't see it happening. All right, so give me the honest assessment. How much of that do we place blame do we place on Dak not being good enough? How much of it, honestly, is on the wide receivers not being able to get open if you don't have that extra guy in the box? I I think it's a combination of both, but I I think what Dallas Cowboy did, and I've been on teams that's done this before. You have so much success in the previous year, right? So they led the league in rushing. Ezekiel Elliott was tremendous. So going into the next year, you just expect that to happen. And when you lose a running back, we lost Jamal Anderson, uh, I think, the third game uh, in 1999 after he had 1,846 yards. He was our only running back. He actually had more carries than anybody in league history in a year that year. And once he left, we had no other backup. So – so it didn't even matter what the receivers or the quarterback did. We were so focused on running the ball, and our team was built around running the ball, that it didn't matter. So now you're in a situation where you're trying to scramble. You don't have that same production out of you know your running back core. So now the down and distance is longer. Now first is not first and five, it's first and eight. You know You maybe get a sack or lose yards. Now it's third and long. So your whole playbook changes and your whole – trajectory of your offense changes because you don't have that consistency in gaining those yards on first and second down. Ephraim Salam, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's a 13-year NFL vet. You can hear him uh, here on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. All right, so E, um, what about Philadelphia? Like, we started to talk about Pittsburgh, and I could get, I could gleam from your voice, you believe Pittsburgh is an honest challenger to the New England Patriots. Reasonable. What about Philadelphia? Is this really a Super Bowl caliber team? Yes. Yes, it is. When you look at this kid, Carson Wentz, man, I mean, he was tremendous last year. Started off with the bang. You know, they had a lot of injuries, so he faltered a little bit. But the progression he's made from an already superb rookie year to a second year, it's been tremendous. And what's happened is the team has galvanized around him. They believe in him. Right? And once we trust, they believe in him. And you can tell when a team, you look at the Rams, it's the same way with, with Jared Goff. You can tell when your quarterback position is a, is a leader on the team and the team offensively and defensively, they're all in and they believe. You just have a different type of swagger, as the kids say uh, today, and a different type of belief. So when they take the field, they're doing things. Even if they turn the ball over or have a setback, everything is in the realm of, of possibility in terms of winning because they believe in their floor general or their field general, which is Carson Wentz. David Johnson joined, joined us earlier this week, uh, the injured running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he was promoting a ping-pong tournament. All right, this is really important. Ephraim Salam joining us. You can hear him 5 o'clock Eastern time with Mike Hill uh, on Fox Sports Radio every Sunday afternoon. E, uh, I give you foosball. I give you mm-hmm. uh, pool, billiards, pool, whatever. Uh, I give you ping-pong and darts. One through four, which are you most and which are you are you least skilled at? I would say least skilled at foosball. So foosball would be five. Four. Um, four. I only gave you four, so four. Ping yeah. pong. Ping pong will be four. It'll be three, yeah. Oh, what, well, three. three? I only gave you four, uh, so go ahead. 
I'm the best at darts, and then and pool pool will be second. That's reasonable. I'm That's a, reasonable. I, I'm a maniac in darts. I'm I'm look. I'm telling now, you. Now, but part man. of it is you have long arms, so I feel I feel like. Oh, you can... here we go. Here we go. No, hey, I'm man, serious. Look, I'm, look, these are my gifts. I was blessed. You're six gifts. foot. Th- you're six foot off. thirteen with long arms. You you wouldn't be a Pro Bowl left tackle unless you had incredibly <laughs> long arms, right? You got to have incredible <laughs> long arms. And good hands. And so I, I picture, like, everybody draws a line. You're like, oh, that's cool. And then you're because of the, your size and length, you're reaching halfway to the dartboard. You might as well just be placing it on the dartboard. Hey, man, we all have our gifts, man. I can't, take, I can't give my gifts back. You are gifted. You are gifted. Let me, let me ask you this. Can I ask yeah. you something? I know Go. we always talk about football and all that. Do you see yeah. that Celtics uh, – uh, Golden State game last night. I did. I watched. I watched the entire game. I watched it actually twice. I watched it one time with my son, then I watched it back on DVR. What did you think about that? That was amazing, right? It was a great game. I look. I thought the Celtics uh, were a little bit more physical, a little bit more aggressive. I thought they got some home calls. Like Kyrie got some star calls, which um, which was kind of surprising that Golden State didn't get some of those star calls. I did think Golden State's a little selfish. Uh, like, the, like for a team that preaches, you know, playing, having a great time and having joy when they're playing, like it didn't feel like Steph was having fun with Marcus Smart guarding him. And I thought the ball got a little sticky, especially with KD and, and Clay, Clay Thompson. But it is impressive what Jalen Brown being this good this early in his career. And then apparently his, his best friend dying, his best friend growing up died uh, yesterday. Right, right. Um, uh, he was he was amazing, and yeah, I mean, like their ability to find ways to win games, the culture of winning that they've bred there is amazing. Yeah, watching that game, I'm looking and I'm saying Golden State doesn't like when you're physical with them. No. They don't like that at all. I mean, they like to come off those screens and 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 freely shoot those threes. But once you get up in their face, you fight over the top of the screens, you scrounge and you die for every loose ball. They kind of lose their 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 mojo. You know what I mean? I mean, Steph I, last night was non-existent. I mean, he was completely outshadowed uh, by the the guard play. Even though um, even though Kyrie had an off night until the fourth quarter when he was able to get to the free throw line uh, seven times. I, I mean, that defensive effort from the Celtics. I mean, they're the real deal. No, they they played with with and it, what's what's also interesting is it's not like those guys have been around for ten years playing together, you know they added they added eleven new guys this year and even Horford was added last year so you know I mean that's that's twelve new guys really but they're all kind of bought into the idea of of being physical of being tougher um, and I, I like look it's gonna be fascinating when they get Gordon when they get Gordon Hayward back uh, that's the type of team that could. Without and I don't know what you consider Kyrie if he's a superstar or just a star, whatever they I think they'll have enough offense to go along with their defense, and they got the right makeup to to one which they're going to be right there for eight ten years because of that style. And honestly, that's what you picked out about the physicality. E that's the thing that people forget about, but they don't realize about Butler. Like everybody thinks right. about Shelvin Mack and Gordon Hayward, but when you watch Butler play. They were kind of like Villanova now. They were the most physical team in the country, and yet they look like choir boys. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'll tell you what, that Gordon Hayward injury was, was horrific, but it has galvanized that team. They were like, they, they heard everybody say, oh, it's over. It's over for them now that Gordon Hayward is gone. And they were like, okay, well, let's show them. 
you know, what type of team this is with or without Gordon. And when he comes back, good Lord. Ephraim Salam, you can check him out with uh, with Mike Hill. 5 o'clock Eastern time every Sunday as they'll recap every NFL game, including the ones that are still ongoing. It's great stuff. And as you can tell, he can talk some hoops in any other sport as well. E, thanks so much for joining Love us. It. Thanks, All man. Right. That NFL and a little bit of NBA discussion brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, Dan, when you got home, you told me you're going to flip on football and then maybe flip back some to basketball. Is that what you end up doing? Yes, and it was a majority of football last night. So I actually did you, did you on... like the camera angle? No, I was not a fan at all. I just nothing changed from what I explained to you earlier in the week when we talked about this i will say the sense about interception was a great view but we also could have gotten that view on an instant replay so watching the whole game that way or not the whole game but first and second downs at least i still like the original way so that's just the way that it is Hmm, you know I, i was actually much more offended by the steelers uniforms than anything else you don't like like the color you don't like the all black no, with the yellow stripe down the side, that was just weird. I just <laughs> Nike does so many good things with those uniforms, and I get the whole color rush thing. I, I get it. Um, I just like it's the Steelers. Don't screw up the Steelers uniforms. Yeah, screw up everybody else's uniforms. Don't screw up the Steelers. At least we can agree on we both like the Titans. We can agree on that, right? That's my favorite yeah. color yeah. too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some other NFL matters. Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald signed a one-year extension with the team today, now under contract through 2018. Cardinals have the Texans coming up on Sunday, and Bruce Arians made it official today that Blaine Gabbard is going to start that game against Houston Jaguars. Running does, back. Does does anybody not like Larry Fitzgerald? I I like him. I mean, I I no, don't know, I know. of anybody. I'm, I'm yeah. saying like yeah. like, and and I'll tell you what I like about him outside of his personality and how good a player he is. The fact that he went from being an outside wide receiver to now where they'll move him all over, and he's cool with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a, there's a little bit of. Um, uh, we were just talking about the Steelers. What's the? Uh, Why well, can't I remember? Uh, he What's, used to do Sunday Night Football, and now he does uh, Heinz Ward. There's a little bit of Heinz oh. Ward to him, in which now he'll even be a blocker downfield. Mm-hmm. Like he does every. He's a great slot wide receiver. He'll still split out wide. He'll block for you, like. I don't know anybody, and maybe it's fantasy football that that you don't have guys, or maybe it's I just I I, I genuinely like Larry Fitzgerald. I don't I find it hard for anybody to go like I don't like that guy. Yeah. And yet wide receivers, it's a position to which they almost want to be unlikable. They want to be bo- boastful. And like, look, I, I you ask Larry Fitzgerald, I'm sure truth be told, he's got arrogance just like any other wide receiver. I just I don't know anybody who doesn't like the guy. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. He was, I mean, his his career was thought to be over, what, two or three years ago, and now yeah. he's going to get another year from it. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's like, like Anquan Bolden, only better. Yeah. <laughs> Anquan Bolden's one of those guys, like, man, he was still, like, he just retired. Now Anquan Bolden's trying to come back, whatever. But the, Anquan Bolden, they, they thought his career was over two or three times as well. Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah, Larry was uh, magnificent. And, and on the biggest stage when they lost that Super Bowl to the Steelers, uh, Larry had could have had the play, could have been the MVP maybe couple of touchdowns in that game but anyway moving on Cardinals have the Texans coming up on Sunday NFL investigating an allegation made against Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston that he sexually assaulted an Uber driver in March of 2016 Winston has denied the allegation Grizzlies point guard Mike Conley is going to miss two weeks of action because of a sore Achilles Yankees interviewed Aaron Boone today for their managerial vacancy and Danica Patrick calling it quits she's going to drive two more races 
as a race car driver, the 2018 Daytona 500, and then the 2018 Indy 500. That will be her final race as a driver. My brother got into a fight with Aaron Boone in high school. He went to Villa Park High School. My brother went to El Medina High School. They were rival high schools, and in a basketball game, uh, they got into a fight. Uh, A.B. and I are boys. That would be crazy to have one of my friends play for the Yankees last year, Matt Holliday, and then Aaron Boone, who we kind of grew up around, and I worked with over at the other place, become the manager mm-hmm. of the Yankees. That would just be... Super, super weird, but he is super smart and has a great balance about him. Completely invested in the game. I'd be, I'd be fascinated. Um, I got a question for all you guys. You guys see this story about Russell Wilson? You know, he had a broken jaw, and so he's on a liquid diet? Yes. Okay, so um, if you had a liquid diet, I want you to take me through what your day would be like because I kind of know what mine would be like. I, I actually, I, I know that it sounds like I'm going to do a liquid diet. I actually think I could do it. I think it'd, it'd be a lot harder in the 80s than it would be now. I'm not talking about a cleanse. Um, I'm talking about like a liquid diet. M- music, you would dominate a liquid diet, right? Because you'd have your kombucha. And you, would have, <laughs> you would have some something organic. I, I uh, think it's possible, but I don't... It would be tough. Like, I would never... You know how people do like those cleanses where they're like, yeah, yeah I've yeah. only had juice for like three weeks. I'm like, that sounds awful. Yeah, they, they always look like got too. They they don't they you know, like their eyes are like sunken back into their sockets right. as well. And you could see their their cheekbones and they're just a little bit too bony. Like, man, go and eat a steak. Um, <laughs> Ramos, could you do a liquid diet? I'd have a shake. Like a strawberry, That's vanilla or or a chocolate. Either any of those work. Or Neapolitan. Well, you could do a strawberry for breakfast, a vanilla yes. for <laughs> and a chocolate for dinner. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. I like that. Well, yes. do, and yeah. then you do like a like a real like now are you talking like real milkshake or like protein shake? No, no, no. The real <laughs> milkshake. <laughs> why would I why would I need protein? Yeah. Like, like, why would you would ruin a good milkshake? Ramos would actually protein. gain weight while, while doing liquid diet. Like, oh, liquid diet. You try to lose weight? Like now uh, I'm trying to gain. I go like real I go like in and out burger, real ice cream shake. There you go. Go. That, that's what I that's want. That's nice, yes. Byer, what about you? How would, how would your liquid diet well, work? Well, out? I would sleep for 14 hours of that day. I can <laughs> tell you that much. I'd try to get as much sleep so I wouldn't have to worry about it, but I'd probably be a but long line. You can't line. sleep when you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm right? Just, like that's like that's honestly well, that's that's one of those things to which you know this time of year you, I actually I went off on my on haze today. Um, oh. I make I make breakfast. I make uh, usually I make waffles. We have a waffle maker in my house. My wife got it for me for Father's Day, which it's so funny. Like you get a, your wife. If I got my wife a waffle maker, she's like, "What? What am I, Betty Crocker?" Right? <laughs> but if you get your husband, and I had asked for a waffle maker, but for Father's Day, but I make waffles all the time. I can make them from scratch. I can make them Aunt Jemima. I can make them from um, Bizquick, whatever. I can. Ma- I make waffles. Um, so my mother-in-law was here last week because my wife was out of town, and my mother-in-law. I don't know whether she doesn't heat the pan up. I don't know what she does, but her pancakes are really much lighter brown. She also, she just makes Aunt Jemima with water. Like I put like uh, eggs in there to get some, and egg whites in there to get some protein in there for my boy. And I make sure the, the, that the flat top is properly heated so that you get the proper golden brown mm. of, a, of a pancake, right? I do the same thing with a waffle maker. Make sure it's ready before. Anyway, so I made him some waffles. And he was like, Dad, I like, I like Mimi's waffles better. And I, and I was like, why? And she's, he's like, because well, they're lighter. And I was like, look, these are, I don't often tout my fare, but they, those are perfectly cooked pancakes. You eat them. And then he kind of like, but I don't like, I like them better. I was like, dude, do you have any idea? Like Thanksgiving's coming up. We're going to have a great meal. Our family's going to be here. Like, don't ever say you don't just eat them. And if you don't like them in your head or come up to me afterwards and say, next time, dad, I like them a little lighter brown. 
right? And then maybe I'll react a little bit better. Anyway, um, there was a point here. Um, I, oh, I, I, love, I love food. I love cooking. But I, I think I could do quite well on this liquid diet. I mean, I have coffee every like a, I have a nitro cold brew every morning for breakfast. And I could do a protein shake. Uh, music seeing me do, I can do kombucha, but it, I think it tastes like, like urine. I do. Um, it's one of those things that everybody drinks it. It's like the first time you drink a beer, you're like, no, it's good. It's really good. And you're like, you don't really like it. Um, but I think that the Russell Wilson uh, drinking protein shakes, like I think I, I don't want to try it, but I don't think it's as bad as like back in the 80s when people just st- stick stuff in a blender. I do wonder what it'd be like if you put like a cheeseburger in a burger in a blender, what that would taste like. Do we want to try that one day? Anybody game? Uh, No, uh, thanks. No? (laughs) Be a good show promotion. I think it'd be pretty good. Man, you guys are you guys are no fun. No fun on a Friday. We gotta have fun Friday. Fun Friday. All right, upcoming next. uh, What did the Fox say? Somebody said something crazy earlier today on Fox Sports Radio. And I'll point it out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we have uh, we got a great uh, uh, third hour of the show for you. I got my picks. Uh, plus, we'll get some insight on a great college football weekend. Uh, we'll react to some news out of Tennessee's camp as to who they'll hire. I'll give you some names of guys I think are really going to get some of these jobs. Uh, but upcoming next, I- I'm going to tell you um, why Jerry Jones is maybe with the right message, just the wrong messenger. Uh, before we get to that... Every day at this time, I like to bring back a portion of something you may have heard or you may have missed earlier on Fox Sports Radio. We call it... And now... <laughs> what does the Fox say? Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst for Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1, was on the Dan Patrick Show this morning. USC takes on UCLA at the Coliseum on Saturday. Those are two legit top five prospects, maybe even the top two prospects potentially in the upcoming NFL draft. Though neither Rose, Josh Rosen or Sam Donald are seniors. Take a listen to what Klatt had to say about Rosen. Don't be shocked if Josh Rosen stays at UCLA. You know, he and Jim Moore are very close. And there may be an alliance being built where, oh. you know, they're kind of making it a package deal where if Jim <laughs> stays, Josh will stay as well. And if Jim goes, then Josh will go. That's the, uh, that's the Jimmy, that's the Chitwood. Right, you guys are familiar with the Chitwood. Right? Chitwood is from Hoosiers, where Jimmy Chitwood was the great player in the small town of Hickory. He was not on the team. Matter of fact, they had to finish a game with four. My team is on the floor, and uh, they had a town hall meeting to vote on the coach's dismissal. Uh, after collecting the votes on the coach's dismissal, Jimmy Chitwood came in from outside and said he has something to say. And he said, I think it's time to start playing ball. Everybody went crazy. He said, then there's only one hitch. Coach stays, I play. Coach goes, I go. To which they immediately ordered a recount of the votes. And the coach, of course, stayed. Jimmy Chitwood played. 
And Tiny Hickory, which was actually Milan High School, won the Indiana State Championship running the picket fence. That's what Josh Rosen is trying to do. I think, though, that this isn't as much a reaction to Mora as it is Rosen understanding that his stock is not what uh, what it is what he perceived it to be. I also find it relatively ironic that this is the same Josh Rosen who came out and said it's impossible to be a star quarterback and a student athlete at the same time. He's also talked about athletes should some of them shouldn't be in college and they should be they should just get paid. And he said all these things that though in his own mind sounded really smart, turned a lot of people off because either he's a hypocrite or he's going along with a game plan that he said uh, he doesn't agree with. Look, Rosen knows what the MO on Josh Rosen is for many scouts. Uh, He's already had an arm problem going back to when he played tennis. He had an arm problem last year. He had a surgical procedure done And though his arm has never been the strongest, nor did it drop off in terms of weakness, that's not a good thing when you're in your early 20s. Then you have a concussion and you've been wildly disappointing during your time in college football. Look, I actually think it's a really smart thing to never say, I'm absolutely going pro. What's the win in that? Wait until the bowl game's done. And when the bowl game's done, if they tell you you're going to be a top five pick, go. Otherwise, there's no rush refine yourself so that when you get to the NFL, you're ready to contribute right away because you're going to get thrown into the fire. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I think the way that Clatt worded it was smart, too. He's like, don't be surprised if, like, it ain't crazy. But it's also important to note that whatever anybody's talking about with the NFL draft now doesn't really matter. It's what they're talking about with the NFL draft in January. In January. Because that's when you get a real, real good sense of who's going and where they're valued and what the league thinks of them. And the truth is that Rosen, though his stock may be a little bit low because he's viewed as a clubhouse lawyer and may not love football and doesn't have a strong arm and is a little bit beaten up, the truth is that you, everyone needs a quarterback at the bottom of that draft, with the exception, obviously, of San Francisco. And maybe that's what this is partially about. I don't want to play in Cleveland. They need a quarterback. I don't play in New York. They need a quarterback. Um, and whereas the good teams do seem with the exception of Jacksonville do seem to have one. Those top five picks don't new video out about Jerry Jones, not flattering a new article out about Jerry, Jerry Jones, partially not flattering, but partially explains why he holds something over Roger Goodell. Jerry Jones might have the right message, but he is the wrong messenger. I'll explain why next in the Doug Gottlieb show, Fox sports radio. Right message, wrong messenger. Welcome in, Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Um, this has been a really weird couple of weeks since the Harvey Weinstein thing came out. Um, I can tell you unequivocally that uh, I was not... When I say I wasn't a great boyfriend before I met my wife, um, and I, you know... That that's me owning the fact that yeah I I cheated on girlfriends but I never ever laid a hand on a woman ever in my life I don't believe I've ever done anything that would rise to the level of sexual assault or sexual harassment whatever right so I can I 
I, um, when I hear the stories that have come out or read them on Twitter, I'm like, what is the matter with these dudes? What is wrong with you guys? Like, if your go-to move is find a woman you find attractive, get her in a secure location, expose yourself and take care of yourself in front of her. Like, if you think that's the move that's going to get her, like, I just, I don't know who told you that. But whoever it is, don't take their advice on anything. And if that's the way you're feeling, like, you need to talk to somebody. Because I don't, I'm uncomfortable even saying it. I don't. But the the amazing thing about it is, uh, one, how many creepy dudes there are, right? Like when you're like, damn, him too, damn, him too. Like, wow, it's creepy. But I was I was watching the um, the president's press secretary, and they were talking about this judge, Judge Moore, which it's like taking over the news cycle. Like I don't, I, I what? She was how old? And what? And she was, uh, the, the president's press secretary was saying like the, the, the accusations were disturbing. And you're like, wait a second, hold on. Not going to disagree with you. The accusations are in fact disturbing. That's, that's a word that you can use for it. Um, but with some of these accusations, like all of a sudden pops back the videotape. And like, look, I get it. Some enough people in our country overlooked the videotape as I don't know how you it's just guy talk. I don't say that around my dudes, whatever, but I'm also not Donald Trump and I'm not Billy Bush, whatever. But I just Trump can't comment on this, right? Like we would we'd all agree, right? It's just right message. They are disturbing. Wrong messenger. Is that fair? I think that's a fair way to fair way to look at it. Whereas whatever you want to say about uh, him bringing back the UCLA basketball players, like, look, he picked up the phone and he got three basketball players back. Like, was there that much of a trade-off because it was just shoplifting in China and they already embarrassed the school and the Pac-12 and college basketball? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure UCLA was using politics to get him, get those guys back anyway. I don't know if it was needed, but look, the guy has negotiated deals throughout his life. And if a phone call helped, you know what? I'm glad those guys said thank you. And I'm glad he picked up the phone and did it. Because that is, that is a message that he can deliver. I'm your president, and I'm a negotiator, and I negotiated these guys being brought back home. But in regards to the Judge Moore thing, you're like, hmm. You might want to lay out of this one, right? That's the same thing with Jerry Jones and this commissioner stuff. Uh, there's a... And I understand why Jerry Jones is so personally offended by Roger Goodell going after Ezekiel Elliott. And by Roger Goodell and his lack of a dominant presence in the flag protest. I understand, because if you read this Wall Street Journal article on Goodell and Jerry Jones. Goodell had Jerry Jones's back when Jerry Jones went to the other owners and said, I need a little help. I need a little cash. I need some scratch to help me finish up the Death Star. Because once we finish it up, that's going to be an NF, that's going to be a palace. And you can have Super Bowls there. We can have the draft there, which they're going to have. 
You're going to have the draft there. Like all of this stuff, all of this is good for all of our business. If you help me out and it's a loan, I'll pay you back and then I'll pay you back and then some in interest. It all makes sense. You guys got the cash. I got the building. I just need a little scratch to help me finish up. Okay, construction loan. That, that happens. Everybody has cost overruns. So Goodell sat silent in the meeting. And then when Jerry Jones left, he's like, fellas, like, look, this is good for business. Okay. And then in turn, Jerry Jones took care of Goodell when it was Goodell's turn to run for commissioner. It's basically a political appointment. And Goodell knew how to play the game and Jerry Jones took care of him. And Jerry Jones is like, how dare you? How dare you go after Ezekiel Elliott when I made you? But now there's another video out about, with him talking about, like, look, it's, it, he, I'm sure he was joking. I don't know the fan in question. I don't know how well he knows the fan in question, but he was asked a question about a guy who's getting married and this video has just surfaced. And Jennifer, congratulations on the winning. Winning. Now, you know he's with a black girl tonight, don't you? Taylor's <laughs> <laughs> mail. Right here, Jerry. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, so Jerry Jones has apologized for that, right? The comment was inappropriate. He told the Star-Telegram. It's not who I am, yada, yada, yada. And like, look, do do I think this makes him like some blatant racist? I don't. Do I think it makes him a bad joke teller? I do. I don't know how many, how many drinks he had in him. I'm, I'm willing to believe that Jerry Jones is just a good time Jerry, right? Like the girl who took a picture with her head in his lap, like the intent is funny. The intent is Jerry being cool. And Like Jerry Jones lives lives a life to which many of us could only dream of. So again, I'm not going to sit here and make personal, make assessment of who he is as a person, his level of, because he's done enough for black men, white men, Hispanic people who work for him to give him a pass. Which is like, I don't think he's a racist. Even if, if you read it and didn't see it or feel it or understand it or know the context of it, you're like, ooh, that was uncomfortable, right? But I think the idea in the statement, didn't he say, Ryan Music in the statement, he said, that's not who I am. That's exactly who he is. But when I say that's exactly who he is, I don't mean a racist. I mean, that's Jerry Jones trying to be good time Jerry. Trying to be funny Jerry. Trying to be sarcastic. Life of the party Jerry. And there's something you sacrifice when you're that guy. You sacrifice the ability to be even the voice of reason. Like, I actually think that Jerry Jones going, yo, we got some problems. All the network pregame shows are down. Okay. The ratings across the board are down. The costs continue to go up. The injuries are everywhere across the board on some of our our most important NFL assets. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr., Richard Sherman. I mean, I could go on and on. J.J. Watt. Like, these are some of the most popular players 
in professional football, in all of professional sports, and they're hurt. Like, we got major injuries. We got major ratings problems. Our expenses are through the roof. Um, we have this flag controversy, and here's the guy in charge. And frankly, he's not doing anything or enough, maybe, to help it. Like, guys, he's got 18 months left. We need to take a breath before we sign that. And the, and the owners are sitting there going like, hey, we agreed to this deal. We agreed to this deal. I think Jerry Jones's message is correct. Pause. Put it to the side and say, we'll get to it. And then call the commissioner in and say, look, man, we love you. We think you're the guy for the job. We have this one. We have this contract in our desks. We'll even let you use the private plane you want. But you got to show us something over the next year. You got to turn this. You got to figure out how to keep our players healthier. You got to figure out how to make the product better. You got to reinvigorate those pregame shows. You got you to help us here because all of that is going to put more money in our pockets and make us want to pay you more money. But right now, like, I, we just want to pause. We just want to see how, how you handle these things. Jerry Jones' message is correct, but he, that dude, there's too much out there. It's too much. Between players he's covered for in the past and his own misgivings on video and even this latest one. Come on, Jerry. Jerry, you can't be, you can't be that guy. You got to find somebody else who you got to find an old school, old head, uh, really respected owner. He can be the figurehead that says, let's press pause. Let's press pause. All right, we'll turn to college football up coming next. Jerry Jones has apologized through the Stark Telegram. That comment was inappropriate. That's not who I am. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, 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 I, I think you have to search for a way to be offended. He was trying to be funny. It, it, different levels of whether or not you think it's funny. If you're offended by it, like, all right. I mean, it's pretty obvious he was trying to joke with somebody he knew on one of those wedding videos or whatever. Everybody's tie. If you haven't told an inappropriate joke, well, then you haven't told a joke. The level of inappropriateness, that's a different story. But uh, don't tell me that's not who you are. Try to be sarcastic, Jerry. Try to be funny, guy. Try to be class clown, Jerry. That always comes back to get you. College football insider Stuart Mandel will join the show coming next. I'll ask him about some of the head coaching openings. What about Gruden to Tennessee? Chip Kelly headed to Florida? And uh, will Texas A&M and Arkansas pull the plug? Sure seems like they will. SEC coaching news. What about UCLA? All that upcoming next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Stuart Mandel is the editor-in-chief of The All-American, which um, features college football content on the new website called The Athletic. He also has a great podcast. It's called The Audible with uh, Bruce Feldman, who uh, Bruce Feldman, you can uh, see him on uh, Fox Sports. So 
Uh, Stuart knows all about college football. I mean, just uh, unbelievably insightful. Stuart, let, let's start with coaching openings. There's all this talk of Gruden to Tennessee. I mean, Gruden has long been um, uh, been uh, a point of infatuation for Tennessee volunteer fans. What's the reality there, though, in regards to Tennessee and their pursuit of John Gruden? I think it's a lot of rumors. Um, some are believable, some are not. I think you're right. I mean, this is about the third straight Tennessee coaching search. That Gruden became the hot name, and at this point I'm starting to wonder if it's just that they like they, they want the flattery of, no, of whether he would say yes or not. Because he's been out of coaching for nine years at this point. He hasn't been on a college staff since the early 90s. There is no sure bet that John Gruden would be a good head coach in college football. And I think that John Curry, the AD who came there from Kansas State uh, earlier this year, knows that and would prefer to bring in uh, what that program desperately needs is an established college head coach who has shown he can win at a high level. And I'm sure that's his preference, but there are, as you know, whenever there's a coaching search, boosters want to have a say. Um, obviously, board members want to have a say. Everybody wants to have a say. And there's just a lot of people there that, like you said, I mean, you said perfectly, infatuated with John Gruden. Okay, so I, here's here's what I want to know. I, I vehemently dis. I I know that Tennessee people are a little hesitant. I read Dennis Dodd, who we both respects, column on CBS Sports, which essentially said the same thing. Hey, he never coached in college, and he hadn't been on the sideline in like a decade. And he, you know, everybody wants him to be their next head coach. But like, do you 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 don't think he would do a good job? Um, I, I think he would be a really good recruiter, and he would bring a lot of attention to the program just because he's such a big deal. I mean, he's, every, these kids all watch him on Monday Night Football every week, but um, there's a lot of stuff involved in running a college football program that if you if you spent most of your career in the NFL, you've never had to deal with. Um, there's a lot, you know, recruiting is obviously the, mo- the most notable, but uh, you're dealing with academics, you're dealing with kids whose parents think they should get more playing time, you're dealing with um, going around and making uh, – speeches at booster functions and obviously and all that. So, you know, you just look at the track record of guys who have coached primarily in the NFL. I mean, most people have done both, but primarily in the NFL came and became college head coaches. Pete Carroll was a wild success. Most of the other names you would think of, I mean, Lovey Smith is there in Illinois right now not doing anything. Um, it's, it's just because you can win in the NFL is, is in the same way the other way. Just because you can win in college doesn't mean you can win in the NFL and vice versa. Well, I look, I, I'm going to I'm just I'll just disagree with you just because you kind of said like one of the things and this is he's never recruited before, but you think he'd be a, he'd be a great recruiter. Right. Because that's what he that's what he's been doing. He's recruited you and sold you and you know who he, so much of recruiting is about relationships and believing in the head coach and whether or not he is a quarterback whisperer, quarterback savant. Um, I think quarterbacks would run to play for him. And you've done the tradition, like Butch Jones was a successful college coach before you got him. And that was an epic and complete disaster. So I, you know, the academics, you hire people to that. No college football coach is worried about the academics, uh, how you handle day to day. That's interesting. But the speeches, that's what he does in Monday night football, you know, boosters and going out into functions like that's what he does. I actually think it'd be a slam dunk. I just don't know if he wants to leave the booth where he'll never lose a game uh, the rest of his life. Um, okay, what yeah. about what, what about what about Florida? There's been this Chip Kelly infatuation. You want to talk about a guy who everybody thinks is a good coach and is one in college, but he doesn't want to recruit, right? That was the whole thing with Chip Kelly. He didn't want to go back to college because he hated recruiting. How can you go coach in the SEC if you don't want to recruit? Yeah. So, first of all, I would 
you're a Tennessee fan and you had the choice between, I'm not saying either of these is realistic, the choice between Chip Kelly and John Gruden, Chip Kelly would be the no-brainer there. He's done it uh, at a very high level in college. I think there's definitely interest from Florida, and I think that um, Chip Kelly's willing to listen to anybody right now. You know, he's all he's doing right now is going into the studio in Bristol once a week, and otherwise he's, you know, getting ready for whatever his next opportunity will be. So I think he's definitely interested in hearing from a school like Florida, but he's also waiting to see what else comes open. Is UCLA going to come open in, in the conference that he's a lot more familiar with? Um, Texas A&M, would they make a run? There's going to be a lot of openings here in the next uh, couple weeks. So I, I do think that with Florida, if that weren't, if, they, if it turns out that he is the first choice but he doesn't come there, they've got a lot of other good options. You know, they can go pluck Scott Frost. I think he would choose Florida over Nebraska. Um, Dan Mullen would obviously be interested. It's um, unclear whether Florida's interested back or not. So, you know, Chip Kelly may be the guy they have eyes for, um, but I think there's a lot of ways that, could, that uh, coaching search could go. Um, everyone has said Kevin Selman had to win at Texas A&M. It doesn't appear he'll, like he'll win enough at Texas A&M. They got to make a splash. There have been inquiries into Jimbo Fisher, who's run into a tough season at Florida State, and he's never felt love, the love he, he, he so desperately desires at Florida State. Where do you think Texas A&M ultimately ends up? You know, I think they are going to swing for somebody like that. You know, I think Scott Woodward is the AD there now. He hired Chris Pearson at Washington, which was one of the great, you know, frankly, coaching steals in recent years. And I think he wants to, to get his Chris Peterson in there. Uh, the other thing I'd say about Jimbo Fisher is you're right. He's never, it just seems like he's never felt 100% comfortable there. And, but, but he wants to be, you know, he wants to be in the SEC, but I, does he want to be at Texas A&M? You know, he, he's a guy who, who came up through the SEC before Texas A&M was in it. There's a possible interesting ripple effect to happen in that conference if, Ar- uh, if Gus Malzahn goes to Arkansas, which is starting to sound more and more plausible. That would be a school that I think Jimbo would want to end up at. Uh, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Doug Gottlieb show here on, uh, on Fox Sports Radio. And then you got out west, right? You got uh, UCLA, who they've never paid coaches, and when they finally do pay Jim Mora, now they can't wait to get rid of him, but they don't want to pay to get rid of him. Uh, what's the likelihood that UCLA makes a change? I, I don't, you know, barring a miracle upset this weekend against SC, I, I don't think uh, Dana Guerrero, the AD there, has a choice. The the program has been going in the wrong direction for about three years now. They've totally wasted this opportunity they had with Josh Rosen, who, uh, you know, was a, one of the most talented quarterbacks to come through college football in the last few years. So, and, and there's a lot of apathy. There's banners flying over the stadium. So I think he has to make that change, but I don't know that he has an obvious next move. I mean, if you can get Chip Kelly, then it's then it all worked out for the best. But beyond him, I don't know that there's an obvious guy you would say, oh, yeah, he should be the next uh, UCLA coach. Yeah, I just don't think they had the money. You know, I mean, unless unless uh, the Wasserman group is willing to write a check, unless uh, Under Armour is w- willing to write an additional check, like what what, what people don't understand about uh, California state schools is they just, they don't have the budget. They, uh, they, you know, they just built a football facility. Like they don't have $11 million to write a check to have them go away. And then $20 million to bring in a new staff. So it's, it's kind of fascinating. All right, let's get to the actual product on the field. Big game of the weekend is Wisconsin against Michigan. And everything about their play tells us Wisconsin is legit with one exception. They haven't played anybody who's any good. So are they, like, are they as good as the, the numbers would tell you? 
you know, I think they're pretty good. They were a pretty good team last year and already, and then they added Jonathan Taylor, the freshman running back, to the mix, who's you know been one of the best running backs in the country. So I think they're pretty good, but I do think that the fact they haven't been tested yet um, hurts. I, I think when you're dealing with you know, players this age, um, that kind of going week after week and not seeing that level of competition has an effect. And so it's going to be a big maybe shock to the system a little bit against Michigan this week. Michigan hasn't been the greatest team, but there's no denying that it is the most talented team that they have faced and a very physical team, and it may be a little bit of a jolt. I still like Wisconsin uh, to win the game, but uh, it will be tough. You know, I I think it's tough to go from being up on, um, you know, the, the lower half of the Big Ten every week to then playing one of these big teams from the East. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, the rankings came out Tuesday, and my point was really I, I, I don't understand how Clemson, other than everybody thinks Clemson's defensive line is better than Oklahoma, how you put Clemson ahead of Oklahoma. But I think we could all, I think, um, you know, barring some upset of either Clemson or Miami, whoever wins the ACC championship goes. Um, if Oklahoma wins out, they go. Um and then after that, it's somebody from the SEC. We think it'd be Alabama. They could have lost last week. They have Auburn and Georgia. But that's only if things go to plan. Um, if you had to bet, if you were a betting man, you're going to go, these are the four teams. Who do you ultimately think it's going to be? Um, I, I think that the, the easier ones to predict are, like you said, if Oklahoma wins out, that's, they're going. Clemson, uh, and, and I like their chances of winning out at this point. Um, Clemson, Miami, right now, I would probably favor Miami, but I'm also worried that we're seeing them rack up all these big wins at home and we haven't seen them play a good team away from uh, Miami. The one that's just throwing a wrench in everything right now is you've got three teams in the SEC that could go could win out and go to the playoffs. I know everybody's probably discarding Georgia after what happened last week, but uh, the SEC championship is going to be a home game in Atlanta. So, any of those three teams, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, could still win this thing, and I couldn't tell you. I think the Iron Bowl is a toss-up. You know, I think Auburn's peaking at the right time, and Alabama's regressing in part because of injuries on defense. Um, though I do think Saban loves the scenario he's in right now, where they people are doubting them coming out that Mississippi State game. So, and I say all that as a way of saying, because we don't know necessarily who's going to win it, we also don't know if there's going to be a second team. You know, if Alabama were to uh, be a one-loss team but not the SEC champion, could they get in? Uh, that's still very much a possibility. Yeah, and then, yeah, you, and then you, you wonder if the Big 12 will end up shooting itself in the foot. It finally has a team that could get in on its own merits because of the out-of-conference win in Ohio State, and will Oklahoma lose to a, in a rematch to TCU in the Big 12 championship game, that Big 12 championship game that was put in place because they thought it would give them a better shot of getting to the college football playoff. The whole thing is absolutely, absolutely fascinating as it plays out over the next couple of weeks. Stuart Mandel is the editor-in-chief of the All-American, which features college football content from The Athletic. You should go to that website. Uh, he also has a great podcast. It's called The Audible. He does that with Bruce Feldman, another friend of the show you can see on Fox Sports. So great stuff, Stuart, as always. Man, I really appreciate you joining us. All right. Thanks so much, Doug. My uh, pleasure is mine. You know what I didn't ask him? Dan Beyer, um, if you had to vote, who'd be your Heisman Trophy winner? <laughs> oh, have to be Baker Mayfield. I think it has we, to be, right? Yeah, I think we're going to get records. So, it's What do you mean be, think we're going to get records? Like for the most lopsided vote. I mean, Vegas is only putting three guys with odds right now. 
Him, Bar- him, Barkley, and Bryce Love. So, and if I know things could maybe change, maybe if Alabama wins and Jalen Hurts, you know, has a great couple of weeks. But but what if Baker Mayfield is just terrible in the Big Twelve Championship game? He's not going to be. Still, if if he's terrible. That means he throws for five interceptions, but he still throws for 300 yards or 200 yards. I know, but if he throws you five know? interceptions, yeah. like the people, you know how people overreact yeah. and change oh, things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people do overreact. Then maybe it wouldn't be as decisive, but I hope that people would understand. I mean, he's been the most consistent of anybody and played the best of the biggest games they've had. Fair enough. What do you got? I've got some injury news from the NFL getting set for a week 11. A lot of questionable tags, including in Dallas. Tyron Smith considered questionable for the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But there was the report from the NFL Network earlier this week that the tackle wouldn't play in the game because of his injured groin. Didn't practice at all, but the Cowboys just haven't ruled him out yet. Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette now questionable to play against the Browns. He's dealing with an ankle injury, and that injury forced him to sit out workouts today. While Phillip Rivers continues to make progress in the concussion protocol, but is considered questionable for their matchup against the Bills as the Chargers are back home in L.A. Patriots wide receiver Chris Hogan ruled out of their matchup against the Raiders in Mexico City because of a shoulder injury. The NFL is investigating an allegation made against Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston that he sexually assaulted an Uber driver in March of 2016. In a statement, Winston denied the allegation that he did any wrongdoing in the matter. Grizzlies point guard Mike Conley going to miss at least the next two weeks of action, dealing with a sore Achilles. Yankees interviewed Aaron Boone for their managerial vacancy, and Danica Patrick announced that she has just got two more races left in her career in 2018 as she will race in the Daytona 500 in February, and then call it a cur- call it a career after the Indy 500 in May of 2018. Has she had a successful career? I don't think that the finishes would be deemed a success, but for what she did and the attention that she brought to uh, to NASCAR, I think it's great success. So we're giving her a participation trophy. Well, I I think that the the. I don't want to say a participation trophy, but she was one of the names. If you would go around and ask anybody, and and NASCAR is a sport that is really, really hurting now. When you consider all of the stars that they left, at least when she came in, it was a notable, a notable name. No so. question. No, no. Listen, I I don't question at all that she's a huge name, and I do think NASCAR is really hurting. But I also, I, I the question is, was it a success financially? It was, but I, she didn't win anything. She won anything. And she had good, like, you know, part of having to win is it's a lot like winning in college football. Like, you got to have the resources. You got to have the ability to get players. Like, you you know, you're just, some of these schools you're just not going to win at, right? Like, Louisiana Monroe plays uh, plays Auburn this week. You know, like, you're not going to win those games. Um, you can't win consistently at Temple. That's why their head coach left. So I just, hmm, I don't, I don't know if you consider it a success. Uh, she was a trailblazer of sorts. Thanks so much, Dan. Let's get to my pick. I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, all right, I'll give you five picks here. Some are going to be from the... Uh, uh, ranked files. Some are just going to be... My picks have been ranked. Let's just be honest, right? They have been ranked. Um, all right, let's start with the... Uh, I got a Pac-12 game for you that you'll see on the Pac-12 network. Arizona State is 5-5. Five and five. They've had terrible performances from their offense. They've had terrible performances from their defense. They've had some good performances. Of course, they took down Washington. Take on Oregon State on the road. Oregon State's coach left 
uh, earlier in the year. They've had some near upsets. Uh, this is an early start time noon game. Manny Wilkins, Arizona State, only seven-point favorites. Um, I like Arizona State to go in there and win by a couple of touchdowns. I feel like there's something that Vegas knows about this line that I don't. But since I'm not Vegas and I don't know, I'm taking Arizona State and laying the points. Another big favorite is Virginia Tech at home against Pittsburgh. Uh, Josh Jackson yeah, hasn't been great against uh, good competition, but against bad competition, Virginia Tech has dominated. And it's a Pittsburgh team that's kind of recovered. You know, early in the year, they were dominated by Penn State, dominated by Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech. They lost three in a row. Matter of fact, they lost five of their first seven with only wins over Youngstown State and Rice. Um, just lost North Carolina last week. But I just see this as a complete talent mismatch. I know they played better, and they beat Duke, and they beat Virginia. Um, and I'll get to Virginia in a second. But I just don't think Pittsburgh's any good, and I think Virginia Tech is pretty good. And it's a 15.5-point line. I feel like something's up. But I'm going to take Virginia because I don't know what's up. I mean, I admit, I don't know what's up. Don't know what's up. All right, let me give you some. Can I give you a couple of dogs? I think I can. All right, so far, you have two favorites in Virginia Tech, a home favorite, and Arizona State, a road favorite. That is a dicey path to go down. Let's go to the game of the week. That's Michigan taking on Wisconsin. That's on Big Fox. It's at 12 o'clock straight up noon. Michigan, 8 and 2. Wisconsin, 10 and 0. Wisconsin, a 7.5 point favorite behind Jonathan Taylor, their star freshman running back who's run for over 1,500 yards, and Alex Horn, uh, uh, Hornibrook, who's thrown for 17 touchdown passes. Michigan's defense will step up big. This is not a Saquon Barkley get blown out of the water early with two touchdowns early in the game like they did on the road. Jim Harbaugh has not secured a big road win as a Michigan Michigan coach. He will. I like Michigan to cover. I like Michigan to win, frankly. Give me Michigan, and I'll take the seven half points as well. All right, a couple other big uh, dogs. Um, Kentucky is a sizable dog. Now, I know they lost to Ole Miss at home. Uh, They're 0-2 against the state of Mississippi. They lost to Florida before Florida's injury set in. But they have shown themselves to be at least a competitive SEC team at 7-3, third in the SEC East. They're taking on Georgia, who's coming off an absolute beatdown at the the hands of Auburn. So 21.5 points. I'm going to take Kentucky and all of those points. Gobble up the points and take Kentucky. Last one. This is a hard one because um, interim coaches, you don't know how it's going to go. But I know that uh, Brady Hoke, as an interim head coach, I think he'll do a pretty good job. Look, Tennessee has been embarrassing and has been embarrassed when they lost to Missouri 50-17. to And they got blown out by Alabama. But before that, you know, with the exception of the Georgia game, like all these games have been kind of close. And I'm just not a big buyer into LSU being some dominant team that's going to roll in and lay them out. I wouldn't even be surprised if Tennessee jumps up and wins this game. Too much talent at Tennessee to just simply lay down. 16-point dogs? Give me Tennessee as the home 16-point dog. So, Tennessee as a dog. Michigan as a dog. Kentucky as a dog. And we already gave you the two favorites earlier on, uh, early on the picks. Let's get to the NFL. Mm, this one, you know, some lines in the NFL jump out at you. You're like, man, I don't know. I remember last week I was sitting there and I was trying to figure out how the uh, San Diego Chargers were five and a half point dogs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, they did, in fact, cover, and that was one of my best picks. 
But the San Diego Chargers tried as hard as they can to not cover and get blown out. It obviously did not happen. Let's get to these NFL picks here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, New Orleans has taken on the Washington Redskins at home. That game is on Fox at 1 o'clock East Coast time, 10 o'clock West Coast time. Saints are 7.5-point favorites. I know they're good at home, but I, I feel like the Redskins are the most underrated team in the National Football League. Give me the Redskins and the points on the road. Same start time for Green Bay taking on Baltimore. I saw something from Brett Hundley. I saw a resurgence from this Green Bay team. And I haven't seen much of anything from the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are two-point favorites on the road in Green Bay. Give me the pack. The Chargers' seven-and-a-half-point favorites at the hands of the Buffalo Bills. Nathan Peterman is a rookie quarterback. He's going to be starting on the road against one of the best pass-rushing tandems in the NFL. I'm going back to the well, boys. Don't with the Chargers, laying the points. Uh, um, It's very easy to pick the Philadelphia Eagles to uh, come in and win. They're five-point favorites in Dallas against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboy defense is a lot better than it's being given credit for. I zig when other people zag. That number keeps bumping up. It's at five points. I'm going to take the Cowboys as home Dogs, home doggy dogs, you know, gonna take the home dogs. I need one more. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs are 10 point favorites at the hands of the New York Giants. The Giants are having player only meetings, right? We know what happens with player only meetings. Nothing good happens with players only meetings. And uh, the Chiefs are coming off a bye week. I'm sure you've seen the record for Andy Reid. He's only lost once ever off of a bye week. He's the best off a of bye week coach in the history of the National Football League. And it's 10 points against the Giants, and the Giants suck. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs. And those are my picks. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Boom. Adam Silver almost became the commissioner of. Wait for it. I'll share the details with you next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Well, this is bad. Going to see uh, the movie Wonder uh, tonight. Um, first things first, happy birthday to my wife, Angie. My daughter, uh, Harper, broke her arm actually her elbow in uh, two places uh that's how my my wife was on her way to uh celebrate with a i think she was gonna go to like a spin class and like a spa afterwards she's gonna take care of herself and we're gonna take her out to dinner we're gonna go to the one of those uh, melting you guys ever been in the melting pot it's a fondue place yes it's a chance to, yeah we're gonna do the melting pot tonight and uh you know i offered obviously um she like you guys doesn't want to be alone with me uh i w- i said do you know do you want to go to like Hamilton or do you want to go to Laker game or she's like Laker game I was like yeah they play the Suns are gonna win the Suns are terrible she's like no I just I want to do something with the kids anyway so uh yeah my daughter uh, broke her arm in two places but it's my wife's birthday and I just realized this is our 20th uh birthday of hers that we've celebrated together that's how long we've known each other I heard 20 I don't want to give I, I I was there for her 21st birthday which was quite a scene 
Uh, I have a picture of that one, which I'll put out on the internet just to sell her out. But she actually looks the same as she did at during her 21st birthday. So happy birthday to my wife, Angie. And with that, let's get to the press. The press. Buyer. Dan Byer, what do you got for me, my what, friend? What a coincidence. Your wife was born on the day my Mountain Dew expired. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how Mountain Dew expired. I think of Mountain Dew, like I think things that will surpri- survive the nuclear holocaust, right? Cockroaches? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Twinkies? Yeah. Wrestlers? Yes. Wrestlers? Sure. Sure, I can Mountain go Dew. that. Mountain Dew. And- like, I would guess if you go into anybody, any of these... Um, people people have fallout shelters, right? Especially since Trump became president, they're worried about North Korea building fallout shelters. Okay. Like, I would think that that stuff keeps forever. Yeah, and matter of fact, I actually think if you put that, if you put all of the Mountain Dew inside of a canister and you drop that over a foreign country, they're done too. Okay, <laughs> and a twenty piece chicken McNugget. Would right, also they'll get survive. they'll get obesity and diabetes. More so than any sort of nuclear okay. attack. But anyway, D- go ahead. Doug, a report from ESPN says an NFL owner reached out to NBA commissioner Adam Silver to see if he had any interest in being the commissioner of the NFL. The oh, report no. says Silver immediately rejected the offer. I want to know who the owner is that, like, listen, I, I understand the idea of you never know unless you ask. But, like, who goes, like, hey, you don't know anything about our business, do you? But you know about the sports business and. And I guess his idea is he's kept it happy. He's kept everybody happy, but he's had the opposite approach of what the uh, owners believe in the NFL, which is, you know, the players, the inmates don't run the prison asylum, whatever. Um, And they already had a rule about protesting the national anthem. I, I want to know who the owner is because that's a really dumb thing and a bad thing to get out. It's not funny. Some members of the Cincinnati Bengals, including linebacker Vontez Burfecht, feel that officials are actually baiting the linebacker and provoking him on the field. This according to a report from ESPN.com. That's like the least surprising thing ever, right? Do you think I mean, they are? Of course they are. <laughs> because he's utterly provocable. Right? I mean, yeah. isn't that what the Pittsburgh Steelers did in the playoffs a couple years ago? Like, it's too easy. Yeah, I, I'm sure they do it to Pac-Man Jones. I'm sure they do it to anybody who, but Vontez Berwick has a earned reputation as being a psychopath once he steps inside the lines of a football field. Something's and so right. you just try and team up. Absolutely. Carlos Dansby today was fined $18,000 for his hit on Russell Wilson. That Wilson said almost broke his jaw. Doug, as you mentioned, Russell had to drink uh, yeah, the smoothie diet for about a week. Said he finally got uh, was able to talk, but it still hurt when he spoke because of the hit. How come he didn't drink the miracle water just to fix his job? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Forgot about that one. Hey, your good buddy interviewed for the Yankees job, Aaron Boone, one of four people so far to interview for that gig. Yeah, I'd like to see if he can get it. Um, you know, they went from a traditional catcher uh, who'd been a manager in Joe Girardi to kind of go in the non-traditional route. I do think he has a great balance about him. You know, his dad was a manager with um, uh, with the Royals, and I think he was a manager with the with the Angels as well. I'd be fascinated to see where they go with that thing. There are some that believe uh, a former Yankee like Alex Rodriguez. I don't see that happening. It's a it's a full-time job. A-Rod still enjoys being A-Rod. And Danica Patrick will retire as a driver in 2018. She will race the Indy 500 in May. That will be her final race. Also racing Daytona in 2018. And the numbers are in, Doug. In 189 races in over five years in NASCAR, Danica, seven top tens, zero wins. That's the official numbers. Yeah. She's all hype. 
All, she's all uh, all horse, no ca- all hat, no cattle. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. I I remember you heard it here Monday. You heard it here Friday. I believe that this is Jim Harbaugh's big road win. I think it's coming. And then Monday, I'm going to celebrate it on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.